glad that you are watching. Hello. I know that there are some who are, who are some, I uh, hope a lot, who are watching online and, and uh, who are not able to be with us in person. And we, we hope that, uh, that you are able to hurry up and, and get on here. Um, someone just called mom the other day and said that they had been watching every Sunday. So hello, and we're glad that you are. But um, thank you for those who are able to be here live and in person. We're glad to see you. Today is her Sunday meal. If you didn't bring any food, that's okay. I'm sure that there's plenty. And if there's not, we'll go get some. We'll door dash it and, and uh, have someone deliver something. So we uh, we want you to stay and participate in First Sunday Meal. Also, in two Sundays, we're having our Gideon representative, the 19th. Uh, we are we're having, I don't know which Gideon it is, but um, we're having someone here, and they're going to be doing their presentation. So if you have not already started to save a little bit, then please do so because we would like to uh, to give them a, a very good offering for their efforts and, and sending out Bibles all over the world. Also, they're going to be bringing some more Gideon cards. We have only a few kinds back there, so if you are in need of some Gideon cards, they're going to bring more uh, like happy birthday ones and thinking of you and all that sort of thing. So um, please do be uh, using those cards, if you are a card sender, then that's a great thing to do. Send a, uh, you're going to be paying $5 for it anyway. If you go to Hallmark, you're going to be paying $10 for the thing. So, um, but, but if you would like to buy a Gideon card to send instead of buying a, a regular card, then that's a great way to, to send your thoughts and also be supportive of the Gideon efforts. Uh, if you have not yet bought your things for the month of, of August. We are doing, it's not August anymore, bless us, it's September now, first Sunday meal, duh, what am I thinking, and the ball or doll, thank you, it is a ball or doll if you are, if you are planning to uh, buy things for the month of of September, please bring your items, if you don't have any money, then bring a shoebox, if you don't uh, have time, then just give some money and we'll take care of that for you or donate one way or the other if you're donating for our for the purpose of shipping then we're we're really doing great with that so far uh, we've got about two dozen we got uh, about enough money to ship two dozen boxes which is excellent a little more than we did last year and we want to keep increasing every year get a little bit better so keep those things in mind uh, our this will next month, I'm sorry, this is our next to the last, but next month will be our last first Sunday meal because Thanks Meal is coming up. It's the 21st of November, and uh, that will be Laniva's group is coming. We're excited about them, seeing them again. Apparently, they're very excited, too, about coming and seeing us. So we're going we're gonna to have those things going on. Different people are going to be ministering, so please keep those things in mind, and as, as time goes on, we'll remind you more, but that will... I mean, it's going to come upon us very, very quickly. So, we were, we were driving last night, and you know, Shane's got that big, huge truck, and things big. It's got lots of, it's got lots of lights on it. He's got lights that he doesn't even turn on because they're so, it's so bright. My brother called him a bad name when he, <laughs> when he turned those lights on. But anyway, um, <laughs> so don't ask. It's it's Timothy, so just imagine what he might would say. Um, if you're watching Timothy, 
you know you. Um, but anyway, the uh, he was he was driving. And he was complaining about this guy behind him. He's like, "Oh my golly, this person's got their lights on. They're high brighting me." And he was like trying to flip his his mirror back. He's like, "Oh my goodness gracious, it's crazy." And uh, I see he's just driving along, and and we got to his stoplight, and he said, "Oh no." I said, "What? What's wrong?" He said, "I've had my high brights on this whole time." <laughs> and yeah. And oftentimes the things that we get upset with other people about are the same things that we're doing. We recognize those things uh, in other people, but sometimes we don't have the self-awareness to notice them in ourselves. So, Lord, help us today. Amen. Because we should extend grace to everyone because some of the things that we do are probably aggravating too. So let's, let's uh, do our best to to extend grace. Amen. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in this service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness to us, your mercy, and your blessings. God, we thank you that you woke us up this morning. Lord, that you gave us the strength to be in your house. God, that you you allowed us to have food. You allowed us to have a vehicle to get here. God, we thank you and we praise you that you have given us every single blessing and those things that we take for granted day by day. Lord, that we don't thank you nearly enough for all the great things that you do for us. We thank you, we praise you for the the chance to be in your house and to worship you. Lord, that is a privilege that so many people throughout the world do not have. Lord, we're grateful that we have this opportunity to come, that we don't have to be afraid in this place. God, I thank you and I praise you that you give us the fellowship of the believers. Lord, that you help us to to have the capability to be online as well. God, we thank you for those who are watching online, and we pray that you would give them strength and encouragement. God, lift them up, and the power in your presence that's here today, that it would extend to them as well. Father, I pray that you would have your will and your way in each and every life. God, I pray that those who have come in with burdens and pains and struggles, that you would lift their burden today. God, I pray that everything that is done from the very first prayer to the very last prayer would lift you up. God, not for our glory and our praise, not for what we can say and do, but God, to honor and please you. Lord, we just praise you. We thank you. We lift you up in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you today. Thank you, Jesus. All things are possible when we believe. All chains are breakable when we receive Yahweh. You keep your promises. If you said it, we believe it. If you said it, and if you said it, we believe it. Lord, if you said it, we believe it. Cause you're a man of your word. And if you said it, we believe it. Oh, and if you said it, we believe it. Cause you're a man of your word. All things are possible. All things are possible when we believe. All chains are breakable 
when we receive your way you keep your promises if you said it we believe it if you said it lord if you said it we believe it lord if you said it we believe it because you're a man of your word and if you said it we believe it oh lord if you said it we believe it because you're a man of your word we have this confidence and we have this confidence that you finish what you've started my god you have never failed you won't start with me you're present in every step and patient in every heartache my god you have never failed you won't start with me you won't start with me you're a man of your word and if you said it we believe it oh lord if you said it we believe it you're a man of your word if you said it we believe it oh and if you said it we believe it because you're a man of your word we have this confidence and we have this confidence that you'll finish what you've started my god you have never failed you won't start with me you're present in every step and patient in every heartache my god you have never failed you won't start with me because you're a man of your word and if you said it we believe it oh lord if you said it we believe it you're a man of your word and if you said it we believe it oh lord if you said it we believe it because you're a man of your your mercy never fails me and all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up till I lay my head oh I will sing of the goodness of God sing all my life and all my life you have been faithful and all my life you have been so so 
gonna sing of the goodness of God. Sing. I love your voice. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as my friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, Lord, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Your goodness is running. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. When my life laid down, I surrender now and give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Sing that again. Your goodness is running after, it's running after your goodness is running after, it's running after me. When my life laid down, I surrender now, I give you everything. Cause your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Cause all my life. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'll sing of the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Because all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness. God, oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Praise you, Lord, for your goodness today. Lord, you are good even when we're not. We thank you. We praise you. We praise you, God. We praise you.
worthy of every song we could ever sing and you're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring and you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you we live for you sing holy holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me it's worthy this morning Sing it out. you are worthy of every song we could ever sing and you're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. And you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Sing Jesus the name. And Jesus the name above every other name. And Jesus, the only one who could ever say, You're worthy. You are worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, God, we live for you. So we sing, Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in love to those around me. Thank you, Jesus. And I will build my life. Thank you. 
there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around And I will build my life upon your is worthy of praise this morning. Praise your holy name, Lord. You are worthy. You are holy. You are high and lifted up. We lift you up, God. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. We're glad to have all of you in, who are watching virtual. I hope that you enjoy our service and that you'll be back with us soon and be in church with us. Time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. It's good to see all of you in here today. I hope God blesses you for being here. Brother Joyner, will you say a blessing over the offering this morning, please?
Liebe. Lost in shame, could not get past my blame until he called my name. I'm so glad he changed me, this held me down, but Jesus pulled me out. I'm no longer bound. I'm so glad he changed me. See, I'm now a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, there's new life. I live by faith, not by sight. There is a new name written down in glory. And it's mine, yes, it's mine. I met the author of my story. And he's mine, yes, he's mine. Sin had left me blind, but Jesus opened my eyes. Now I can see the light. I'm so glad he saved me. What are the words? Praise the Lord. See, that's what you get. See, I'm now a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, there's new life. I live by faith, not by sight. There is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Yes, it's mine. I met the author of my story, and he's mine, yes, he's mine. There is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, yes, it's mine. I met the author of my story, and he's mine, yes, he's mine. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because I am tells me who I am. There is a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Yes, it's mine. I'm the author of my story. And he's mine. Yes, he's mine. 
There is a new name written down in glory And it's mine, yes it's mine I met the author of my story And he's mine, yes he's mine And he's mine, yes he's mine And he's mine Yes, he's mine. Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Everywhere I'll be, Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Everywhere I go, everywhere I'll be, Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Everywhere I go, everywhere I'll be, everywhere I go, everywhere I'll be, everywhere I go, everywhere I'll be, Jesus is mine. We do take him everywhere we go. And in this world that is crazy, crazy world, we take him with us. We have his strength with us. How? All we do is say his name, right? Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's power in his blood. There's power in his name. Amen. And when you gave your life... When you gave your life, there was a party in heaven. <laughs> there was rejoicing when your name was written down in that book of life. And guess what? It's going to be hard, but you can just hold on to that. Because guess what? One day we're going to see him face to face. We're going to bow before him. Hallelujah. And we're going to love on him for all that he has been. I thank him this morning for all he is in my life. But I thank him for who he is. He is God. He is sovereign in everything, in every situation. He's always in control. It may not look like it, but guess what? He's in control. Amen. He has been from the very beginning, and he saw everything that you are facing. He already knew it. He already knew it. He knew before we were formed. He knew. Amen. He knew before it happened who we were and who we would be in him. And I thank him this morning because I do know who I am. I don't have to worry about who the world says that I am because I know who I am in him. Can you say that this morning? If you cannot, you need to get in his presence and find out who you are in him hallelujah
teach me to listen I don't want to see anymore Give me a vision That you could move this heart To be set apart I don't need to recognize The man in the mirror And I don't want to trade your plan For something familiar I can't waste a day I can't stay the same I wanna be different I wanna be changed Till all of me is gone And all that remains Is a fire so bright The whole world can see That there's something different So come and be different In me I don't want to spend my life stuck in a pattern And I don't want to gain this world but lose what matters So I'm giving up everything because I want to be job Gretchen good to see all of you good to see well good morning to all of you at home watching wish you were here it's now time to receive prayer requests this morning brother Mike yes sir brother Vic family brother Vic yes sir
this is lady, young girl, actually 27 years old. This thing's awful loud today. Um, she's 27, and then she's been battling some issues, and she passed away the other day. Um, friends and family, actually probably second cousin, but she leaves two kids. Um, they lost their father last year as well, so one's, I think, eight and seven years old, something like that. And I talked to a guy yesterday, and she said, the little girl looked at me and said, I lost both my parents. So, so the struggle is it's hard for them. So I should pray for that family and um, pray for my family and their help. Anything else? If not, raised hands for unspoken prayers. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord in prayer.
come for me to leave this place of complacency Step out across that line To the place where I can leave all that I have behind it And give you this heart of mine But what if I'm the only one to break the silence? What if I'm the only one to crack the ice? I'll join the rocks in their singing I'll join the ocean as it harmonizes with the shore I'll clap my hands with the mountains as all creation cries for more I'll never stop if I'm the last one living your song goes on and on and I must testify I know that I was born to worship
I'm walking free. I got the victory. See, it's all over me. I'm so glad. He said, See, I knew it. It's like, oh my golly. My plan had been, because Leneva was over there going, Okay, do you do you have the words? No. Well, do you have the do you have the uh, progression? No. I mean, I know how many times you do it. And my plan had been to write it down real quick but then um i only got the first two lines and i remembered those so yeah but see and that's what you get that's what you get you know you're you realize that you're um shining your bright lights on people right so i just experienced the exact same thing that i mentioned this morning so all right fine leneva maybe maybe next time i mean don't let there be a next time but um maybe next time I'll extend a slight bit more grace to you, maybe, ever so slightly. But anyway, so we are glad that you are here, uh, that you have chosen to be in the Lord's house because you could have been sleeping. Amen. Uh, thank you to those who are watching. We are glad that you tuned in because you could have been sleeping too. Of course, you could just watch us like in, you need to watch us later and sleep you know, first. But we're glad if you're watching live, we're glad that you're here. Amen, that you have chosen. Um, but we are we are glad, and we hope that you are staying for first Sunday meal afterward. Again, we have food going on. So in our last discussion, you know, we we just began a new series last week on the Ten Words, otherwise known as the Ten Commandments, if your brother Mike, known as the Top Ten. That's right. So, if you did not hear last week's message, I'd, uh, not just because it was me, but I'd suggest that you go back and listen to it, because I, as I was studying, my thoughts and ideas were changed a little bit, were, were shifted in as to what the, the first word was, because I'd always considered it one thing, and as I was studying and seeing, I now think of it as something else. So, hey, we... We saw that the first word spoken by Yahweh to Israel was that he was both the covenant and personal God. That he had brought them out for a purpose. And that he had taken them from dire straits and bondage. That was the first word that was spoken to them by Yahweh up on, the, up on Mount Sinai. Today we are going to dig deeper into what we now consider the second word spoken. Keeping a few things in mind, first of all, remember that the first four words come under the commandment of Jesus to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. So as we're thinking about last week's word, this week's word, and the next two weeks of words, then we'll understand that those are under the, the grand command, the great word of Jesus in love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So these, 
these first four are how we relate to God. And the last six are under the command of love your neighbor as yourself. So we'll see that and how we relate to others. So God was really setting up for his people who had never been a true nation before. Now they had been a people before, but they maxed out at about 70 when they went into Egypt and they they were there for the famine. But they really became a great huge number of people. Some estimates are between 2 and 4 million. So they had become a a huge group of people, and when they came out was when they started to become a nation. So God was really establishing them uh, a moral law and later on the the practical laws that we, well, that you can read and see. I don't don't know that we'll cover those, but (laughs) there's a lot of things going on in there. Bless you. So also recall where these people were coming from, both literally and spiritually, in Egypt, there were 11 major gods and goddesses, but there were approximately 2,000 deities within the pantheon of Egyptians. So they, they worshipped 10 major ones, and we see um, there are some parallels between the 10 plagues and these major deities, but as well, they worshipped... Uh, 2,000 other, there were possibilities of worshiping about 2,000 other deities for different things. Any kind of situation that you had going on in your life, you would go to that particular deity to to worship and to pray. There was a, a deity for nearly every activity, and they were each represented by some sort of statue of metal or stone. So all these different deities, and they there were different ones of of animal-looking ones or human-looking ones or things that were combinations of animals and humans or different combinations of of different animals. So all sorts of mixed-up, oh my, all sorts of mixed-up deities that people were worshiping, that people would turn to, confusion within the deities. Oh my. Lord help us. Consider the idea that although the children of Israel had heard that they were the people of God, practically all that they had ever witnessed was the worship of idols in pagan temples. These people especially, none of them had ever known freedom. So what they were seeing, even though they had heard from oral tradition about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and the way that he had he had delivered the, the nation of Egypt. He, they had heard all these stories, but still, it was not within their practice to worship the one true God. They saw all around them the worship of these strange and confused deities. So imagine how difficult it must have been to go from the images of thousands of gods and goddesses, a visual representation to pray to, to only one God over all things, visible only as a pillar of fire or a pillar of cloud. So they're going from being able every day to, if they needed to go to the temple to pray for something, to go to a specific altar and say, okay, this is the altar for, uh, this is the altar for rain. So we're going to go here and we're going to pray to the rain god. Or we need some 
financial blessing. So we're going to go to the altar of financial blessing, and that's who we're going to pray to. Or we need, we haven't had any children, so we're going to go to the altar of fertility, and we're going to pray there. And they would have gone to each of the specific ones, but what Yahweh was asking them to do was come to him for everything. What Yahweh is asking us to do in word two is to come to him for everything. So taking a look in Exodus chapter 20, we're going to be reading verses three through six because that makes up what is considered to be in, in Jewish tradition considered to be word two. It says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So the people were told not to bring other gods before him. Now this term, before him, means in his face. Do not bring any gods up in my face. I'm going to confess that from the time I was little and heard anything about the Ten Commandments, as I heard this one, thou shalt have no other gods before me, that I always kind of read this verse and understood this verse to mean don't put anything before or higher than God. So in essence, my mind was saying have other gods, but don't put them ahead of God. I mean, that's just me. That's how, again, that's how my mind was working. Like, okay, have no other gods before me. So, okay, there, there can't be anything higher than God. So we can still have other things that are really close to God in our hearts and minds. Again, I'm, I'm confessing because that's the way that I understood it. That's the way that I read it. But looking at this, this literally means do not put hinder hinder thou shalt have no other the word other means hinder or slack strange to loiter as in the idea of slow do not put any slack gods in the face of the true God so this is what it's meaning to us do not bring what was meant to be behind you to the front with you. Those hinder things, those things that should have been left behind, don't bring that stuff into the presence of God with you. Oh my, if y'all aren't there yet, that's okay. Uh, don't bring anything that was supposed to be behind you. Those things that were supposed to be gone already. Those things that you should have been delivered from. Those chains that should have been broken. Those hindrances. 
to worship and prayer. Don't don't bring those hinder things. Don't bring those slack things, those strange things. Don't bring those things with you into God's face. Mm. Oh my. He says as well, do not attempt any likeness of God. Again, this is all one. We've had previously considered it two different ones. Thou shalt have uh, no other gods before me, and then don't make of yourself any graven images. But they kind of, they're going together. It's all one contextual idea. So they had been accustomed to seeing idols in all sorts and iterations and combinations. But they were not to put into practice the idolatry that they had lived with. No one was to attempt to craft an image of Yahweh based on anything that was in heaven, on the land, or in the water. Because creating it would lead to worshiping it. He says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. Do not bow down, do not depress, prostrate, or humbly beseech. Don't pray to anything other than Yahweh. He said, Don't serve Oh, this is a... mm. Do not labor. Do not work for. Do not be enslaved by. Oh, my. Again, he's getting this slave mentality out of their hearts and minds because for hundreds of years, that had been the norm for them, to be slaves, to be servants, to be bound by things. So he's getting that slave mentality out of them because there is freedom that comes with serving the Lord. There is freedom that comes with knowing his laws and knowing our boundaries and knowing and being able to say, this is how far I can go and no more, but within this, I am free. So he says, do not bow down or serve because the Lord, your God, both covenant God and personal God is jealous the version of this word here is only used in scripture to refer to God's feelings of jealousy there's a word that's closely related to this that talks about other people's jealousy but this is the only one that's used for God it's only used six times within scripture so if someone we said this last week if someone tells you who they are believe them When God says he's jealous, believe that. Believe that he is jealous. Believe that he wants to be the one and only. Believe that his purpose and his goal is to have you come to him for everything. Come to him before everything. To not turn to the gods of greed and the gods of wealth and the gods of self-service. To not come to those gods, but to go to Him for everything. He is jealous. Zealous. He is not telling us this so that we'll be afraid of Him, but so that we will know that He requires wholehearted devotion. His jealousy is a call for exclusivity, a sense of belonging, A call to reject all substitutes. He's saying to them, you are my chosen people. 
I want you to choose me day after day. I want you to choose me as your only God. He's jealous for them in a sense of belonging. They had never known before where they belonged. They had only had an identity as slaves. They had only had an identity as people who were bound and who were subservient to the Egyptians. But God is giving them an identity, not only as a nation, but as the people of God and saying, I am jealous for you. Don't turn to anything else. I am jealous for you. I want you to only come to me because I have the answers. I am the answer. He says that he visits the wicked and blesses the righteous. This word visit in its most passive sense means to oversee. So in in other words, he could be saying, I oversee the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. It can mean visitation in a friendly or even a hostile intention. I read only one commentator who put this in a friendly intention. And I really wanted to stick with that. I was like, oh, that's nice. But from what I'm from what I've understood, this verse is meant as a warning to those who would practice idolatry. He says that those who would hate God, those who would make him their enemy or their foe, must consider some things. Think about the context. At this time, it would have been common for numerous generations to live in the same household. So you would have had the grandparents and the parents and the children. And even if they had lived long enough, the great-grandchildren. So within the same household, you would have had three or four generations. So when God is saying to the people that, they, that he would visit to them those who would make themselves the enemy of God, that he would visit the third and fourth generation to see their idolatry, within each household, that, was, that could have been the, the time and the place that he would see them. Culturally, this would have been normal for three or four generations to be living together. If one generation had household idols, the next generation would have seen that, grown up around it, developed the notion that idolatry was acceptable. Mm. Yahweh was asking the people to make a choice, not only for themselves, but also for those who were coming after them. Who will you believe? Who will you and your household serve? Who will you show within your tent, within your home, within those who are in your sphere of influence, who will you recognize as God? Are you going to continue holding on to the household idols that you served back in Egypt? Or will you put those things away and be blessed for thousands of generations? A generational blessing to those who would love him and keep his commandments, this word keep, to hedge, to guard, or to take heed for. So he's offering to visit the iniquity, to oversee the iniquity of three or four generations of those who hate him, who make him an enemy, but to bless 
and love and give mercy to a thousand generations of those who would serve him. I would, I would think that for the most of us, um, this commandment, this word, has been self-explanatory. Again, I confess my limited understanding or my skewed understanding because of the wording. Because when I was, again, when I was little, and from that time until now, still kind of looking at it like no other gods before. Okay. Even seeing these two as one commandment or as the second word, if you will, the idea seems simple. Since we don't have the habit of making graven images, we feel as though we keep this one pretty well. Like the other ones, I don't know, but I don't have any idols. I don't have any graven images, no worries. I got this one. But I think that there are a few questions that we need to ask ourselves before we say that we are holy keeping this command or this word and as I look through there are four different questions that we can see question number one what are we bringing with us into God's presence I'll, I'll say that again for those who might be taking notes what are we bringing with us into God's presence What am I bringing before God? Now, not in the sense of bringing an issue for him to fix, because we all have those, and he asks us to cast all our care upon him because he cares for us. He asks us to bring in our needs and to bring our request and to lay on him every single thing that we could possibly ask or need. Not in, not in that sense. But what am I bringing with me? What am I clinging to in God's presence? Because when I come to him in worship, if I'm holding on to other things, then I cannot release myself to worship in the right way. If I'm holding on to other things, I'm going to carry this around with me, then I'm weighted down by stuff that's going to keep me from honoring him the way that I ought to. Mm. What are we clinging to that we could live without? Oh, man. Another commentator that I, was, that I was reading, and I don't agree with, I don't know, I'd say about 90% of what he says, but he did say something that was kind of neat, that he had read something else that said, Thou shalt not could also translate to you can do without. So when God says to his people, you can do without the image of God. You can do without making a graven image. You can do without those things. You are able to worship me without having all that. So when I think of it this way, what am I clinging to that, I, that I'm able to do without? The wording here, hinder things or strange gods, these are things that should be behind us. Those things that the Lord has told us to move on from. The, the things that God has asked us to forgive. We are told by Paul, forgetting those things that are behind. I press toward the mark. What are those things, those hinder things, that stuff 
that we still cling to that God is saying you could do without that but I drag it into his presence with me and you say no I know I don't I don't come into his house thinking about those things <clears throat> they can be hindrances I don't I, I, I'm not dragging in my bad attitude oh good amen I'm not dragging in my unforgiveness. I, I'm I'm not I'm not dragging in all those oh my we bring in our hurts like a trophy. We display our bad attitudes. We cling to our victim mentality all the while. Yahweh stands ready to be all that we need. I hold on to these things thinking this makes me who I am. If I don't have this, if I don't have this thing, then am I really me? But God says, I want to be the only thing. I want to be the only one in your life. I want to be, I want you to strip away all that other junk. The second question. What package are you trying to put God into? What package are we trying to put God into? This command or this word had much more to do with our heart than with creating sculpture. Some religions have done away with this part of the word. As I was studying, I learned that. Some religions have completely done away with this particular part so that they can continue to uh, make their paintings and sculptures. <laughs> so that they can represent... God artistically they kind of ignore that some religions actually ban the visible representation of any living creature because they want to follow this particular word so you can go from one extreme to the other either ignoring God's word entirely and saying well that doesn't I don't even know how that applies or or to follow it to such an extreme that you can't represent a flower or a bird or those beautiful things that God has created in order to not, you know, to not step on this commandment. But we need some balance. So what is God really saying here? He's saying, don't try to box me in to one idea of looking like this or being this way. Because God cannot be tamed. He cannot be boxed in. He cannot be fully explained by our finite understanding. Sometimes it's much easier for us to say, oh, God is like such and such, insert word here, than to really search him out and readjust our thinking. I'll say that one again. To really seek him out and readjust our thinking. Because sometimes I, I've always thought of God one way, but I need to think of him differently based on his word based on who he said he is. I've always heard he's this way. I've always heard from, from other people that maybe God's like this or like that, but maybe I should look for myself. Gain a better understanding. See, we may, may, we may be unlike the children of Israel who crafted physical representations to bow down to, but we often have an idea in our heads. <laughs> That God is like this or this or this based on our traditions and assumptions and wrong theology. 
As I'm writing these things, I'm like, oh, Lord, are you sure? So yeah, go ahead and write it. Certainly, there are things that we know for sure about him. He is holy. He is love. He is merciful. He is just. He is Yahweh, so everything, the covenant God, everything that we could possibly need. But he also desires to be known. He reveals himself to those who would seek him with their whole hearts. He shares in that, that verse still, uh, last time that mom spoke, and she, she talked about a, a verse in Psalms that said, God tells secrets. God tells secrets to those who will search after him, those who would seek him. He, he tells them different things about himself. When we develop that friendship and that kinship with him, he begins to tell us secrets. And that's so powerful because he does, he wants to be known just like he has put that within us, the desire to be known and loved for who we truly are, that came from him. That's a portion of himself that's within us. He wants us to know him and to seek after him. You know, we, we hear these things, and they're, they're things that we've heard our whole lives, but they're not like cleanliness is next to godliness. Is it? That's not in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. That's not what it says. You know, stuff like that. I'm saying there's, there's bad theology that we've been taught and that we've been handed over the years. I know <laughs> uh, Pastor talks about it all the time, stuff that his mom would say. I didn't know her, and bless her heart. I, but stuff that she would say, like, that's, you know. But things that we've been handed, and we don't know that it's not right if we don't look for it. So we box God in. <laughs> And we say, oh, this is what God is like, and we'll worship him here. Or, no, this is what God is like, so this is the only way to worship him. And God is like this, therefore, we have to do it this way. When the truth is, we've got to look through his word to see. When Jesus spoke to the woman at the well. She said, oh, we don't know. You know, y'all say you got to worship in Jerusalem, and, and uh, we say here at Mount Gerizim is fine. And which one is it? And Jesus said to her, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You can't put God in a box like that because God refuses to be just worshipped in one place or another. He, he wants to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. So everywhere you go, he wants to be worshipped. Within your spirit, he, he, you're taking him with you and you're worshiping as you go. So we see him, again, according to our traditions, and God help us, because we, we stuff him in. Or sometimes we feel like God's PR manager. Oh, my. Honestly, do you ever, do you ever hesitate to represent God's standard for fear of losing people's interests? All right, maybe I'm the only one. That sometimes it's like, oh, if I say that that's not right, will they continue to listen to me? But God is God, and he doesn't need defending. You know, God's love sounds great. That's, that's kind of the way that the world is right now. Oh, God is love. God is love, and he loves all people. Yes, he does. He does, but he also has a standard of holiness that we have to live up to. And if we don't, then that's a choice we make to for, for us 
to go to hell, not that God sends us there. But to say, you know, God is a, a jealous God. He's a consuming fire. And that doesn't, that doesn't seem so enticing, right? God is love. Yeah, he's also jealous. Stop messing with that crazy mess you got going on. I mean, really. So sometimes we, we put God into a certain box in just one little area and say, yes, sure, this is God. Come on in. But we have to be careful not to remake him. This was the heart of this word. Not don't don't make a statue for yourself. Again, if they had seen the statue, and we, we see later on they made the calf and they worshiped the calf and bless their hearts. But but he's he's not he's not in essence saying making a statue is evil and wrong and, and you can't do that. He's saying, Don't try to remake me. Don't try to change who I am. The third question. What are we servants to? Often we become the servant either to what we have created God to be or what we are clinging to in his presence. So this question goes along with the last two. What are we servants to? God's law brings freedom through Christ. So when we begin to bow down to the things that we have made, jobs, money, family, pressure to keep it all together. When we become willing to bow to those things or to seek help from those things, then we've made an idol out of what we've created. When we turn to our job for financial help rather than first turning to God, when we say, I got to make more money, got to make more money, got to make more money, instead of turning to God and saying, how would you like me to be a good steward over what I already have? Oh, my. When I say, oh, I need more, I need more, I need more, I, I, have, I need something that's more fulfilling than this. Oh, this isn't fulfilling me anymore, I need this. Instead, give me, give me this, give me more of this and this and this, instead of turning to God and saying, God, fulfill me. Or instead of turning to God and saying, God, empty me. And fill me up with what would be fulfilling. Then that becomes an idol to us. When I turn to other things for comfort, and that can be anything, but when I turn to anything else for comfort instead of turning to God, then that thing has become an idol. That's when sin becomes sin. That I turn to it, a thing that's created instead of the creator. That's when it becomes sin. That's when it becomes wrong. When I'm willing to bow down when I'm willing to sacrifice more for the things of this world than God. When we labor or work to serve what we have created for ourselves. When we've always needed more from a thing 
that cannot satisfy, relying on anything other than God, that becomes my idol. When the thing requires more of my time, attention, and devotion than I'm giving to God, then I've bowed to it. And then I, then you we pause and say, oh, well, I work eight hours a day, and how can I be in prayer and in God's Word eight hours a day? But that goes along with worshiping in spirit and in truth. What attitude are you going in there with? Are you taking Jesus with you? Are you, are you daily in prayer? Are you, just like Paul said, continually in prayer? Because if I go in without God with me, without being armed in my armor, if I go in there on my own strength, then I'm putting other things ahead of God. The last question, what effect will your choices have on the coming generations? God has set before each of us a choice, life or death, blessings or curses. Our example sets a precedent for our families and what are they seeing from us? Are they seeing that in the midst of difficulty we turn to God in prayer? Are they seeing that even when things look awful and bad and when, it, when I don't feel like I can believe anymore <laughs> that he's the one I cling to, are they seeing that even when the, even when the bills are coming due, I put God first financially? Are they seeing that when I'm hurting physically, mentally, emotionally, not that I don't turn to doctors who can help, but that the first person I come to is God. God, help me. I need your help. I need your strength. What are they seeing from us day by day? Are, they, are we coming to God with a, a poor attitude? Are we relating to them with a poor attitude? What are they seeing from us? Lord, help us. What are your priorities and what are your families seeing as your priorities? Or, more to the point, because I can say my priority is God. God's number one. God's my priority. But sometimes we live as though, yeah, God's number one and my, my idol is second. Like I had thought all my life. <laughs> no other gods before him. Well, there's no one number one God but you but number two or number one B Lord help us what am I showing to those around me that my priorities are certainly only God knows our hearts but the people closest to us will see our fruit it's impossible to fool God but it's difficult to fool your family sometimes like oh yeah you can really see what's going on so the second word is a powerful one it demands introspection and honesty not just in a, a simple surface idea of no I don't I don't create any graven images I don't have any household idols that I that I put up on a pedestal and I bow down before but 
ask honestly. What am I bringing into God's presence? What package am I trying to put God into? What am I a servant to? And what effect am I having on those around me? As the music plays. And this is something that is... um, This is something that may demand uh, us to ask forgiveness for. Because again, sometimes I don't think I've made an idol, but maybe I have. If you want to, if you want to stand, if you feel more comfortable standing, or if you need to sit, that's up to you. You get in the posture that you can receive. But we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, Heavenly Father. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word because we know that one word from you can change everything. That one word, based on your authority can change our lives completely. And Father, today, we come before you first of all, asking forgiveness. Father, I ask you to forgive me for anything in my life that I've brought before you, that I've brought into your presence that shouldn't have been there. Father God, I I ask you that you would strip away everything within my heart that shouldn't be there. Every attitude, every bit of unforgiveness, every bit of doubt, every bit of self-reliance, God. Anything that I would say or do that would be unpleasing to you, God, I ask you to strip it away. God, as I come before your presence, that I would be pleasing in your sight. Father, I ask for each and every person that as they examine their hearts, that you would reveal, that you would shine the light of your Holy Spirit. God, that you would show us areas of our lives that there are things that we could do without. Things that unknowingly we have created a space for. Things that we've made more important than we should have. God, I pray that you would forgive us. Father God, I pray today that you would work and move in our lives. That you would help us to not put you in a box, but to truly search you out. God, I pray for a deeper understanding, a deeper desire of each and every person. God, I pray that on each person right now. Lord, that their hunger and their desire would be to serve you with their whole heart. God, that each and every person would have a hunger and a desire to pray and seek your face. Lord, that we would love your word like never before. Lord, that we would find such delight and such joy in reading the Bible, in praying and seeking you. God, I pray Because you want to be found. You want to be known. God, you reward those who would seek after you. You said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And God, we're calling on you now. We're seeking you now. Show us your glory. Show us who you are. To the extent that we can understand with our finite minds and understanding. God, show us. 
reveal yourself more and more. Father God, I pray for each person who maybe has been nervous to really show who you are to those around them. I just ask that you would give them strength. Because you need no defense. You are God. You are God alone. You are the creator of the universe. The controller of all things. And you need no defense. God, I just ask that you would give us a boldness to show who you are to those around us. God, I pray that you would work in each of our lives to come before you the way that we should, that every idol be torn down, that we seek after only you, Father God, and that the things that we set up now would be effective for the next generation. God, that our families would see that you are our number one priority. That being who we are in you is our goal. That winning souls and serving your kingdom is what we strive for. Father, I pray that those around us would see that you are the only thing that matters. Burn away all the things that are unpleasing to you, Father. Change us. Change us. Search me, God. Break me. Send me. We pray those hard prayers, God. And we say, don't let your word return void, but seep into our hearts and accomplish everything that it's supposed to. For each person that's hearing today, that your truth would seep into their hearts, that it would be planted, and that it would begin to take root, and that it would burst forth with roots of righteousness for every person watching today. That you would give strength and help and encouragement that as your word goes forth, that they'd be able to minister to those around them. Father, we praise you. We thank you. For all that you do and all that you are, Lord, you are so good. And we say, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you to thousands of generations. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. This is the